This is Sunbelt Commissioner Keith Gill, and I listen to the Fun Belt Podcast. If you didn't know before, now you know why they call this the Fun Belt. Very excited about the Sun Belt. You know, while other conferences have been breaking up, our conference has become stronger. The state of Sunbelt football is the strongest in our history. I saw Fun Belt Conference, and I'm like, I don't know what this is, but I got to join the show. It sounds a lot of fun. Matt, guys, I can feel it. The energy is building. My name is Jeremy Harper from HowRazor.com. With me is Shane Metlin from the Daily News Record and Dusty Thibodeau from the Warhawk Report. And guys, can, let me let me just ask you, can you feel the energy building, the plasma from the Sun Belt becoming hotter and hotter and hotter? Jeremy, we're a week away from getting to snort powdered sugar off of beignets. Yes. What more could you want? Ah, maybe two beignets. That well, they come in, they, they, they come in a trio, sugar. just like us. They're a trio. We're the beignets of the Sun Belt. I don't know if that's a good thing or not. But yes, it's coming, guys. It, you know, when it's Sunbelt Media Day, some of the other conferences have already been putting on their media days. So it's been fun watching the news sort of filter in from other conferences. But next Tuesday, a week from now, Thibodeau, you and I, and, and maybe Shane in spirit, we keep hoping physically he's going to be there. But, but we're going to be there in New Orleans, the Big Easy, interviewing some guys, talking to some players. Hanging out with some coaches, maybe some, I don't know, some some athletic directors might be there. There might be some SIDs. There might be some radio personalities. Who knows? But we're going to be rubbing elbows. It's going to be a lot of fun. Are you looking forward to it, Tibbs? Always. I, I, I love Sunbelt Media Days. I love getting to see everybody. I love getting to talk to the radio guys, the, the media personalities, obviously the coaches, the players. And everybody in between, but definitely my favorite time of the year. And it puts it in perspective to know that football season is right around the corner. Now, Shane, you should see Tibbs at this event. He's like, uh, I don't know, some sort of godfather. Like everybody knows him. It's always like the right people know him. It's like the SIDs know him and the social media guys know him. And all the people that do all the hard work behind the scenes in the Sun Belt, they know Tibbs. It's kind of crazy. I'm just sitting in the background, like trying to remember faces and stuff, but not Tibbs. He is like, he's like a real player. So if were you to come Shane Metlin and didn't send like your, your acolyte Noah Fleischman over, if you went yourself, you would see Tibbs in action, just working the room. He's like a casino boss. I would like to see that. <laughs> yeah, it's magic. Yeah. It's like, it's like going to silver dollar city. And watching those master craftsmen at work. But instead of them making like a like a horseshoe or a wicker basket, he's making connections. It's it's fantastic. Tibbs, I can't wait to see you at work. How do I know I'm you're sure from Arkansas you with the Silver Dollar City reference? <laughs> I'm just ready to finally get to play some legal sports books. Oh, oh, oh what what you don't have legal sports books in in Houston? Uh, the Republic of Texas does not recognize such sinning activities there, Jeremy. Even in Arkansas, where you can't walk outside without tripping over a church, we have legal betting. We can do that. We have that freedom. Wow. That's crazy. You know, if you ever need me to make a bet for you, Tibbs, or Shane even, I don't know, Shane, I don't know where you live. You live on some fancy East Coast city, so I'm sure that any manner of sin is available to you, but but for 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 Tibbs, we might have to help him out with some like become his boogie. I could yeah, I could place the bet for you. Just a little bit, a little bit of a surcharge, perhaps. Yeah, but, uh, absolutely. There's no reason why you shouldn't be able to make a little dollar off of that. Yeah. Why do I got to pay the juice for this? I can't help where I live. <laughs> hey, it's the price of doing business, buddy. You know, don't make it personal. I'll just drive two and a half hours and get some boot in and cracklings while I'm over there. <laughs> All right, guys, Let, let's get down to business. Let's get, get down to brass tacks. Now, last week, we broke down the East. 
And it was it was we like we didn't argue, of course, because we're we're gentlemen and we're 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 friends. But there was a little bit of disagreement. We're going to talk about the West, but first, just kind of like what we did on the East, we're going to look at some of the players that the coaches are bringing to the West. Some of the the players the coaches are bringing. Dusty, do you want to break that down? Do you want to kind of list them out, and then maybe we can kind of talk about it? Do you have that handy? I do have it. All right. I am got? kicking it off okay. in no particular order, or I guess alphabetical order. All right. The werewolf of Jonesboro, Butch Jones, bringing Justin Parks and Malik Straker okay. to represent the Red Wolves. Straker, interesting. I think that might be our first international player to ever come to Sunbelt Media Days. Ooh, is he, he hails from Ontario, Canada. Hey. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. And uh, he's also bringing along Justin Parks, who you may not have heard of. People outside Jonesboro may not know Justin Parks, but he received like an inordinate amount of praise from Butch Jones during the offseason. Ended up hurting himself before the spring game. We didn't see him in action, but he's really given credit for bringing some uh, leadership to the uh, defensive backs, to the safeties. So, uh, yeah, two defensive guys from for Butch Jones, possibly making a statement that the defense is some, as a unit that he really trusts this year. Does that mean that the defense is the bread and butter of Arkansas State for this year? I, you know what? I, I, I kind of think that he must have some confidence in it. And it got, listen, it was a better unit than it was in 2021. That unit was terrible. In 2022, it did quite well. Now, the problem was it was on the field way too often. It would wear out in the fourth quarter. But they showed some improvement. And Parks and Stryker, Stryker is going to be a really good linebacker this year. I think he was mentioned as an all-sun belt player. Uh, he seems like a guy who, uh, who who's going to be a really have a really fine season this year. Interesting discussion when we have them with us on the Fun Belt podcast. The Raging Cajuns, second year head coach Michael DeZormo. Still kind of weird to me. I'm not saying you know senior quarterback for the Cajuns with Ricky Bustle <laughs> coming in yeah. as the head coach. Uh-huh. Go figure. The Cajuns are bringing a tight end. Of, of Neil Johnson. I swear every year they just reload at that position. Everyone wants to be DBU. Everyone wants to be quarterback you. The Cajuns are tight in you. Oh, I don't know. You know what? I When I think of the Cajuns, I always think of defense. So I am a little surprised to see a tight end come in. They, maybe they've done that in the past. I don't recall. But I always think of defense when I think of the Cajuns. So it'll be it'll be interesting to sit down with Neil Johnson. On the defensive side, Casey Osari, linebacker. I think that that Cajun defense is going to be what kind of holds them. I think they're going to be a little shaky on offense. Yeah, but we'll we'll break it. We'll break all that down once we start getting into our top seven of the Sunbelt West. Sounds like a promise. Your rival Warhawks, there, Jeremy, with head coach Terry Bowden, third year, bringing. Yeah. New quarterback, Jaira yeah. Wright. Mm-hmm. Anxious to see what he can do in his one year that he'll have. Yeah. He's a one and done. Okay. And Aiden Huntington, defensive lineman. I- I'm sorry to interrupt. Where's Jaya Hale from? I know he's out of Fort Wayne, Indiana, but where's he coming from to get to ju- ULM? He was a JUCO transfer. He was in the Jayhawk League. I forget which school it was, but he was up there. And then Aiden Huntington. And that defensive line for ULM is going to be the anchor of that that defense. they, They may have one of the better defensive fronts in the league. Ooh, I like hearing that. That I like hearing that a lot. You know, ULM. Upset wins over Louisiana last year. And then who else? They they had another big win. Who was it over? Was it Texas State? Was it Texas State? Texas State put up like three touchdowns in the first quarter. And then melted. Yes. Yeah. And it was partly because the defense got start shutting down Lane Hatcher. And so, Texas State didn't want to win the game. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, I think they ended up missing a field goal at the end, right? That is correct. I know my Warhawks. The team that's always the heartbreaker, Jeremy. Yeah. Always. Every time. Governor Kane Walmack, of course, in attendance. Bringing two guys that I'm looking forward to talking to the most, Carter Bradley, their senior quarterback there out of Jacksonville, Florida, and all, all name, I think, honorable mention, Yam Banks, Damn. junior safety. I think he's a guy that we uh, got to start kind of pushing for that NFL draft spot this upcoming draft. Mm, you mean he might be busted out a little early, you think? I think he is. You know, the Sun Belt doesn't get a lot of that. I, in fact, I can't think of one like uh, underclassman from the Sun Belt who has gone into the NFL draft. Now, I could be wrong about this. Tibbs, can you think of one offhand? Uh, I think that all draftees that we've had have been four-year guys, but they might have been junior with a red shirt. Oh, okay. All right. I, am I don't, remember, for- I don't oh. remember if T.Y. Hilton was a junior or a senior when he was drafted. Ooh, you know, if anybody was an underclassman from the Sun Belt that could have been drafted, it would have been T.Y. Hilton. That guy, he murdered Arkansas State every year. So, yeah, we're going to see Will Hall in his second year. He's going to be cocky, guys. He's going to be cocky because he's had that great year. Not Will Hall. Did I say Will Hall? I jumped ahead. I'm sorry. Kane Womack. Well, I don't think he's going to be cocky. I think he's actually going to be. Not contrite. I think he's going to be a man on a mission. You know, he lost the one game in the Sun Belt last year. Lost by one point to UCLA. You know how many points total that they lost by in their losses? Five points. Ten to six game against Troy. And then that 35-34 game or whatever it was to UCLA. Quit bringing that up, Jeremy. (laughs) Walmack's going to be on a mission. I can't wait to talk to Carter Bradley. I think he's one of the better quarterbacks in the league. Southern Miss, as you mentioned, Will Hall bringing. You know, I just jumped in the future when I talked about that. So I'm sorry. I, 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 I reset myself back to the present. Go on. Bringing quite possibly to me the better offensive player in all of the Sun Belt, mm. but especially in the West, in Frank Gore Jr. I think he's still running like he was last year in the bowl game where he set all kind of records and also bring in senior safety, Jay Stanley for that golden Eagle defense. You know that first of all, yeah, that the, the defense for Southern Miss was really surprisingly good last year, but Frank Gore jr. That guy got stronger as the year went on. It's like he became all world by the end of the season. That guy is a superstar in the making. Our second of two new head coaches in the Sun Belt overall. The only one in the West, G.J. Kinney, brings his Viva La Bucats in with Nash Jones offensive lineman and Tory Spears, a senior safety. I don't know what to think of this Bobcat team. They're either going to be pretty damn good, uh-huh. but sneaky good, or good God, the cupboard was bare and bear with us while we uh, – continue to rebuild. Yeah, we'll talk a little bit more about Texas State when we start talking about the rankings, but I will say that Malik, Malik Hornsby is the real Malik. deal. Yeah, did I say Malik? Is it Malik or Malik? Malik. We, we'll find out from KJ, uh, GJ, GJ Kine. Hey, Shane, what do we learn about GJ Kine tonight? Or Kenny's. <laughs> Both of them, I think, are named Gary Joe. <laughs> I hope I learned to pronounce his name. It's to me, good. okay. To me, Gary Joe is the perfect Texas football coach's name. I think he should ditch the initials. I think we all agreed that GJ is kind of hard to say. Yeah. No, it's really not. No. You just can't be on this pedestal with your <clears throat> damn smoking jacket like you're above all of us. Uh, I'm, you know what? I'm a little, I'm very sophisticated. And when I say, when I see GJ, it's just very hard for my precise pronunciation 
I don't think GJ rolls off the tongue either. Thank you. Not like Gary Joe. Gary Joe would be the name for me. If I, I would not use the initials if I was him. Yeah, Gary Joe Kinney. Yeah, that sounds like a Southern football coach. Yeah, or, or at least like a NASCAR racer. Yeah, somebody, somebody with moxie. Does he have a mustache? That's what no. he needs. That's, that's disappointing to learn. Last but not least, you're defending oh. Fun Belt Conference champion Troy Trojans. Second year head coach John Summerall comes in with a tight end, Clayton Olandink. See, that's you wanted me to say these names so that I could butcher them. And Reddy Stewart, a senior cornerback. This Troy team is largely the same thing we had last year. So once we start kind of looking at these rankings, maybe maybe it's it's uh, all up to going to back to good old T Roy. Yeah, I feel like, you know, I think they lost maybe a couple wide receivers, but then gained a couple. And, yeah, they get Gunnar Watson back. Well, we can talk a little bit more about We're talking about the guys that are visiting. But it is tempting to talk about Troy because, you know, they got the Sunbelt Coach of the Year there in John Summerall. Hey, how many times do you call? did you call him John Summerall this year or last year? Probably every time I talk to him. Uh, me too. It's but some raw, right? Some raw, raw. Yeah, we gotta get that right, man. When we're at Sunbelt Media Days, we can't come across as amateurs. We gotta get our P's and Q's tightened up. Only if he can pronounce t- Thibodeau correctly. <laughs> I, I, mispro- I mispronounce that all the time. I do misspell it too. But I don't know if I know these two guys coming in. Should I know Clayton and Reddy? <clears throat> I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. They were definitely not the names that we heard about a lot last year. I think a lot of it was uh, Cavani Vidal on the running back, as well as Gunnar Watson at the quarterback position. And of course, Clayton Mar- uh, Marshall. We didn't really hear too many other names called throughout the course of the season. All right, so here's some new guys. Yeah. All right. Looking forward to meeting them. <clears throat> I'm sure what. You know, if John Summerall brings them, we know that these guys are top-notch guys. Probably going to be amazing interviews. And I'm looking forward. Did you get that press credential confirmation in the mail? I did because I actually applied for one, unlike uh, someone else on the show. No, no, I applied for one. I got one. No, the other beignet. Oh. Ah. Yeah. Well, you know what he what I keep expecting what he's going to do is is knock out Noah Fleischman and assume his role. Uh, they look a lot. They lot. They look a lot alike. They do. <laughs> <laughs> they look like the same damn guy. In fact, yep. anytime they're standing next to each other, it's like some sort of weird special effect. <laughs> That's pretty mean to Noah. <laughs> no, no, by the way, looks like he's 15. He's a young guy, high energy. Shane, you're high energy. Yeah, and you sometimes you. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So, Sunbelt West, right? Okay. You know, like, okay. Before we start breaking down the Sunbelt West, man, we were like such, I, I, and not just us, almost everybody, we were so condescending to the Sunbelt West last year, or at this time. We're like, oh, it's the weak link in the Sunbelt. Everything's out in the East. The East is where it's at. Sunbelt West is just trying to keep their heads above water. It'll just be amusing to see who, who avoids the basement. Ha <laughs> Sunbelt West. I'm telling you, the Sunbelt West was where it was at last year, and it might be where it is this year. I think that the Sunbelt West has another championship caliber team this year would be three in a row jeremy three in a row you know the east gets all this sort of east coast bias but let me tell you something shane of the east metlin it's the sun belt west you gotta look out for god we had champions and what well, well, i guess the cajuns won the twice in the in a row right uh yeah it depends on who you ask who the champion was in 20. <laughs> okay. Some people say it was the Shants. Some people mm. say it was the Cajuns. 
Oh, that's right. Yeah, I remember that. That's yeah. You know, but even at uh, Sunbelt Media Days last year, there was some tension surrounding that. We don't have to rehash those old wounds. We can go right into the Sunbelt West. Dusty, lead us in. Show us the way. Who's number seven? Like anybody has to really build it up as as some kind of big hype. It's unfortunately <laughs> the Warhawks. And and the Warhawks lost <laughs> a lot. Wait, 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 wait. You, why would it? Does it have to be the Warhawks? Does it have to be the Warhawks? What What do you want me to say, Jeremy? Do you want me to be like, oh, well, be, because South Alabama wasn't able to pull off the upset of a guaranteed win at UCLA, they should be seven, without a doubt. I'm just saying, you know, you could maybe say the Boobcats are number seven. Viva la Boobcat. No. It's the Warhawks. <laughs> they lost a lot on their roster last year. And it's another case of really, what have you done for me lately? Back-to-back four and eight seasons. Another new quarterback coming in to take over the program. They have a solid running game there with Thaddeus Franklin III coming in, a Miami transfer. They have the old Miss fullback Isaiah Woolard in front of him. And then, of course, they have all-conference receiver Tyrone Howe, mm-hmm. who had 850 yards last year. They okay. have the offense. The question is going to be that linebacker and secondary crew of what can they do. And then I really think that when you're breaking in new special teams as well, special teams was already kind of shaky, but now you have new guys coming into the mix as well. I don't know what that what that's really going to do. They do have the potential, though, of kicking off the season 2-0, and opening against Army, and then the great Lamar, who left the WAC to go back to the Southland. Now, first of all, I'm a little surprised that you're so cocky against the Army after what Army did to you guys. What was it, last year? Was it, it was a good first half. It was, and then I turned on the game. I, I take no responsibility for that. That was terrible. Listen, the Warhawks did have some interesting wins last year. You know, and I, I thought maybe they took a step forward. But, you know, I think what Chandler Rogers, he's gone, right? You don't have North Texas. Rogers. He's a mean green. He's a mean green. Yeah. In fact, I, I think he might have flirted with Arkansas State a little bit. But no more Rogers. You got a ton of guys just left for at, in the transfer portal. Not sure who came. You got like some sort of five-star guy from, from – uh, Texas A&M. No moss. No longer a world. And he's not there? Oh, my God. What happened to him? Uh, he had personal issues that forced him to retire from being on the bayou. You know, what's funny about him oh. was that Jimbo Fisher had announced that he that he had retired from football, this kid that we're talking about. He had retired from football. He could no longer play. He was injured forever. And then all of a sudden, he was on the Warhawks. So it's like, wait, how did that happen? God but, works in right, mysterious so, ways, Jeremy. So, Shane, are the Warhawks a legit number seven? I don't know. When he's going over that offense, it sounds like he's trying to talk us into them not being last. But then he, uh, <laughs> then he I guess, you know, a little less uh, enthused about the other aspects of the game. I I really don't know. Somebody's got to finish seventh. And <laughs> I feel like, you know, I feel like Texas State or Arkansas State or ULM all could potentially make a jump or they all could potentially be the team that doesn't win those close games and ends up saying what if. I don't know. Like, I'm not going to argue against ULM as seventh. I think they're as good a pick as anybody probably in the West right now for seventh. but. I think if if the Warhawks are that kind of team that at the end of the season, there are going to be some teams going, how did we get beat by the Warhawks? You know, what, what did we do to deserve that? Kind of like last year (laughs) where where teams like Texas state and Louisiana both were like, Whoa, how the hell did that happen? We got beat by the Warhawks, but you know, I, 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 I do know that the Warhawks will be, I, I don't know. Are we visiting are Arkansas State visiting the Warhawks this year? 
It doesn't matter. The Red Wolves have... uh, ULM hasn't beaten the the Red Wolves since, like, I don't know, the 1700s or something. I might have been fishing for that, and I was. (laughs) That will be a guaranteed L. Everything else... Well, the Warhawks is up in the air. You could, you could have a, you could be eleven and one this year, and I, don't, I, don't, I wouldn't be that surprised. Well, Dusty's talking about a two and zero start, mm-hmm. but the Warhawks go to College Station in Week Three. Isn't that where Sun Belt teams go to get their big road wins? <laughs> That's right. Arkansas State did, and then so yeah. Did. So shouldn't we be talking three and zero? I don't know. <laughs> what is Texas A and M going to learn their lesson? <laughs> after this year <laughs> oh, get right back on track uh, never count out terry bowden though uh, he, he's got he's a wily guy looks like an accountant on the sideline you don't know what's up his sleeve because he wears long sleeves so we'll just have to look out for him he's he, he might have something up for texas a all right number well, six okay okay if ulm is seven who's six yeah the aforementioned Arkansas State Red Wolves, number six. And here's why I think that they even could battle out for that number seven position. Okay. They probably have the toughest Sunbelt Conference schedule out of anybody in the league. They're going to kick off, obviously, with Oklahoma and Memphis to oh, to tough. start the season. They get the mighty Stone Stony Brook, so... One and two in, in my book there. Then they get Southern Miss, wow. UMass. <laughs> then they get back-to-back of Troy and Coastal. Yeah. ULM, which based on history, is is it seems like the gimme game, even though it's in Monroe. Uh-huh. But then the Red Wolves close out with the Cajuns at South, Texas State and at Marshall. <laughs> and that's it, it's just a gauntlet that you got to run in the West. But geez, that that's a that's a brutal schedule. It is a brutal schedule. But I tell you what, though, like I, I actually picked Arkansas State to finish fourth this season. But I oh, understand why you pick them six based on that schedule. Alone. Here was one thing that really killed Arkansas State last year. They had a very thin in-depth offensive line. And they had one guy that was holding it all together, a guy named Holmes, Robert Holmes. Big uh, left tackle, right? One of the better ones that we had. Got hurt against Memphis. Since then, since since the time he got hurt, Arkansas State, time of possession, because they could not run the ball, dropped significantly. And their ability to score points dropped significantly. So Butch Jones did a really good job this year of finding more offensive line talent, building up what he already had. Now it's the deepest de- uh, position or position group in all of Arkansas State. So while I don't know if Arkansas State's going to finish fourth like I predict or finish sixth like you predict, they will be a better team this year. It's all going to rest on the offensive line. Shane's taking notes. I'm looking at my preseason magazine here, studying <laughs> if I have any, any good rebuttal to that. Which I and? don't. I don't oh. really. No. <laughs> well, good. Oh, good. All right. Yeah, but I will. I, yeah, the defense will be better. The offensive line will be better. There's questions at quarterback. There's questions at defensive line. Other than that, by this week, it's, it's year three for Butch Jones. He always has a really good year three. So that's what we're all counting on. But yeah, you're right, Tibbs. That schedule, mm, that's a rough schedule. It's going to be a rough start for the G.J. Kinney era in San Marcos, opening up at Baylor at UTSA before getting what was, when it was scheduled, an interesting game of Jackson State coming to town. But Viva La Boobcats, I think that they have enough that when the conference portion of the schedule starts in week five against Southern Miss, they'll kind of know their identity. They'll kind of know who their leaders are going to be and make a little bit of a run as they 
kick off the Sunbelt Conference schedule with back-to-back road games, but I think that's a good thing for them. Going to Southern Miss, to Lafayette for the game against the Raging Cajuns before they come home for ULM and Troy. If they can at least split that road swing, that's your fifth place team. You if know, they go goose, I'm sorry. It's it's uh, pardon our dust. We're still under construction. You're right about those first two games, man. That is two just heavy hitting games for Gary Joe to have to uh, to face in his opener as a head coach for Texas State. And are they the are they the Bobcats now? Or are they the Word Cats? It seems like it, like uh, GJ has 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 scraped up as many incarnate word guys as he can to fill the position. No, I don't know any of those guys are any good. I know they, they, they have brought in a lot of guys from the transfer portal. And I, I'll tell you what, the chatter from Texas State on social media, is, which isn't always accurate, the chatter is very positive. Those guys are more excited about what's going on with the Bobcats than they have have been in a long time. They like who they see bringing in. You know, they get uh, uh, Hornsby, the quarterback from Arkansas, legit four-star guy when he was coming into the uh, coming into college. I saw him play a little bit. The guy can run. The guy can throw. He's going to be a difference maker. That being said, it's a lot of the guys on the team making that transition to FCS to FBS. You got, uh, you know, Gary Joe coming in. I don't know much about him. I do know that he's very popular right now in San Marcos. I put the, I put Texas State at six simply because there's just so many unknowns right now with them. They're still doing so much transfer work right now. They're still kind of like figuring out who they are. Hornsby might be the difference maker, though. Yeah, I, I'm I'm sort of with you. I kind of have them fifth, kind of in the middle sort of hedging my bets to not make the same mistake I did with Georgia Southern last year, where I, I felt like, oh, they're bringing in these transfers. It's a new coach. They're changing everything. Uh-huh. It's going to take them a year or two to get where they want to be. And then Georgia Southern surprised me by having their offense clicking on all cylinders right away. I still have the same instinct with Texas State to think like, oh, yeah, they're bringing in some guys to the portal, but it's going to take a while to put a system in. And, you know, maybe it just doesn't take that long anymore. So I'm kind of hedging my bets to put them in the middle right now. Yeah, that's a very safe thing to do. Yeah, I I feel like I'm making the mistake, Shane, that I made the mistake with uh, James Madison last year, where I thought that they would take a year or two to get adjusted to to the waters of being in the Sun Belt. I figure with uh, Gary Joe coming into the Sun Belt and bringing in all these incarnate word players, that was going to almost be the same situation. But quite frankly, if these guys know each other, if they know how, how to play as a team, that's going to make them very strong. So you're going to have a group of guys who know the system very well, bringing in a, another group of guys, these transfer guys, to put them under their wing, couple that with the excitement. Now, if they don't get totally uh disheveled after Baylor and and uh UTSA both great teams yeah you're right Thibodeau maybe these guys are ready to make something happen in the Sun Belt West I think the other x-factor for the Bobcats GJ's bringing in his award-winning quarterback from last year Lindsey Scott Jr. as an offensive analyst I think that he was able to really propel that Cardinal offense to the next level that he's really going to be able to get these quarterbacks and that offense in line to really excel in the system that he's implementing there in San Marcos. And that's deep. And Gary Joe's, he's a good situation too, where he can, you know, he can rely on these transfers. He can go for it kind of this year, hope to have a great year. If they don't though, he can always kind of go back to like, hey, I told you I was going to start recruiting high schools in Texas again. So it's going to take a little while. We got to get these high school kids in Texas in here. And, you know, it will take a little while. So he's he's in a good spot where he's got nothing to lose this year in some ways. Yeah. he's it, You know, the best thing about him going right now, he's not Jake Spavadol. 
<laughs> so he still has plenty of of currency to work with. He's he's still playing with house money. In the fourth position, the Raging Cajuns. Mm. They lost a lot of good players from last year. Yeah, they did. They have the system in place, though, that they are never really out. They might be down while they reload. I think last year was definitely a reload season. With that said, I think that they have the pieces in place that if the offense can really get going behind the quarterback, that I, I think it's still kind of TBD. Yeah, That's going to be the make or break for them of whether or not they can excel like we're used to seeing them do or whether they're still kind of middle in the pack. Yeah, it, the way they're going to excel is going to be that traditional Cajuns way, and that's in the trenches, right? The big offensive line, the, the linebackers that stop running backs at the line of scrimmage. They don't have Andre Jones anymore. They don't have a lot of guys that were real playmakers last year. But maybe that's what Mike DiGiorno, you know, I always get it wrong. DiGiorno? He's not a frozen pizza. <laughs> DiGiorno. That's right. It's better. I got to put that M in there. But but Mike's now got a season under his belt. And it was a good season for him to sort of sit back and learn his deficits and then say, this is the, this is how I adjust. And now he's in season two, and you're right. The the Cajuns are never a program that's very that's down for long. Plenty of people to recruit. Had a good recruiting season. They're going to be back. I think I had them at number three this season. I just feel like the Cajuns under Mike DeJormo will find a way to get back their winning ways. They're just not in the same level as the top two teams right now. Yeah, I <clears throat> similar to how I was hedging my bets with. Uh, with Texas State doing the same a little bit with the Cajuns. I got him, I got him with you guys at four. I think that's a good spot for him, kind of in the middle. See what they can do in year two as they kind of try to reload. Like you said, never down for long, you wouldn't expect, but the West is getting tough. <laughs> and I, I don't necessarily see them topping these teams we're about to talk about, but I think they should be competitive for the most part. I think it's a real tone setter also week two where they open up Sunbelt action at Old Dominion. Old Dominion, our last place pick in the East. It, 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 I think it's a good uh, kind of measuring stick of, of where are they at for this season? Did they really learn anything in week one against Northwestern State? Or are they still trying to find themselves against a struggling ODU team? And let me tell you something, guys. ODU at ODU? Not an easy place, not an easy place to win. So that'll, that will be a good t- test for the Cajuns. You're right about that, Tibbs. Number three, I think the surprise team from last year, the, the magical mustard buzzards of Southern Miss coming in at number three. Frank Gore Jr., definitely the difference maker for that team. Is there anything he can't do? I mean, he's played quarterback in some wild <laughs> – Wildcat situations. Obviously, we know he can run. He can catch. I'm pretty sure he can kick and punt. I mean, I don't know how good he would be maybe at center or as an offensive guard. But other than that, put him in pretty much anywhere, and and the Eagles are going to fly. Opening up the year against Alcorn State, I think that's really going to be a great tune-up. The week two against Florida State and week three against Tulane, we're going to see what this team's really made of coming out of the gate before they even get into Sunbelt Conference action. And the thing with Florida State, you know, you never know what kind of team Florida State's going to have. That might actually be a much more competitive game than we give it credit for. But I, I tell you one thing about Southern Miss. I'm not as excited about Southern Miss as a lot of people are. If you look at the way they finished last season, it was just kind of, um, it was almost as if, the magic that had sustained them throughout the season. And they had a lot of close games last year. It seemed like at the end of the season, they just ran out of that magic. Poof, it was gone. And the only thing they had really was Frank George, uh, Frank, Frank Gore Jr. toting the rock for him. I, I don't know if they can sustain that for this year. There might be, I identified Southern Misses this year being a good candidate for having a sophomore slump. You know, the team that, that excelled, 
in their first year in the Sun Belt, maybe maybe played over expectations, now settling down, maybe getting a dose of reality. Shane, back me up on this. Let, tell me I'm right. I don't know. I think they're going to be, I think they're going to be solid. I think, okay. you know, um, like you said, Gore can do it all, but he's hopefully if you're Southern Miss, he doesn't have to do much quarterbacking or super backing this year. Like, you know, they got a couple of guys, got a couple guys in the, with uh, some experience to battle for that. They've got a veteran offensive line. They should be really good up front on defense. I, I think they're going to be okay. I think they should do well. I think getting another win at Tulane this year would be huge, not just for Southern Miss, but for the conference. Um, yeah, I, I don't like them as much as the two teams we've yet to talk about that I think are <laughs> going to be really, really, really good. But I think they're going to be good. Okay. But I think they're notch below that and probably a notch above the ones we've already talked about. So, yeah, I think third is right where they belong in this discussion. And you, you mentioned the, the play of quarterback there, obviously, with Frank Gore. Uh, they brought in the Clemson transfer, Billy Wiles, to try to solidify it. Zach Wilkie played last year as a true freshman. I just don't think he was ready yet. And, and I think that he still needs that year to kind of mature and learn the speed of college football before he's really the guy that's taking it over. So a good stopgap there with Billy Wiles coming in, probably going to be the starter for the Golden Eagles um, as, as they – look to build on last year's season, had them go six and six. And, uh, you know, then that miraculous bowl game victory that they had, I guess now you want to talk about, it, it's much like when we were in the East, right? Everyone wanted to say, when you say the number two, you know exactly who the number one is. So we just went ahead and said the number one. Okay. My pick for the West. And I kicked myself for doing it. Damn it, Governor. You got to do, do it. it for me this year. I I think I think Troy is still a great team. I think that they just lost a little too much to really put them over the edge and put them atop the Sunbelt West. I think everything that returns for the Jags is the difference. I like Carter Bradley. I think he's probably one of the better quarterbacks in the, the conference and definitely in the West. But Yam Bakes on defense is the difference maker as the Jags defense stands tall to put them in the Sunbelt Conference Championship game. Yeah, I want to say that uh, South Bama ended up bringing back eight of its starters from the defense from last year. And that defense was incredible. I mean, just a, just an incredible unit that was. In fact, that game, that 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 battle for the belt game between South Alabama, it was a slugfest. Uh, ten to six, but probably the most exciting ten to six game I had ever watched. Played on a Thursday night, Sun Belt brouhaha, battling for the Sun Belt. Neither team could get more than two hundred sixty six total yards. I think there was one touchdown by Kimmy, right? Kimmy Vidal. And that was it. He was the only one that scored. You, But I tell you what, the, the South Alabama, with that magic year, Troy, Troy actually had some very narrow escapes all season long that could have swung the season against them. So to, 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 to say that, um, that uh, Troy is like the consensus number one, I just don't think I don't think it's there. I think they're a great team, like you said. I think they're number two, like you said. I think Kane Womack, 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 Womack. <laughs> it's one of those guys. I think he's going to be a man on a mission. I think he spent the last few years really building that team. Now people are wanting those results. Nobody wants those results more than him. I think we're going to see a great year out of Car Carter Bradley. I'm not sold. 100% on Gunnar Watson. I don't know why. He just seems to throw a lot, a lot of interceptions. So, yeah, I agree 100% with you. It's going to be South Alabama and Troy, an inverse of last year's finish. I'm a little surprised that we're all three going with oh. South Alabama. There's, nobody took the safe pick of Troy to repeat, but <laughs> I am. 
I'm with you guys that they're just so close. And I actually see them tying for first, but South Alabama having the head to head tiebreaker this year, as opposed to last year. And um, yeah, those teams were just so close last year. Like you said, South Alabama did not get enough love nationally last year when it came to like getting votes or getting ranked. Cause when we just look at it, I mean, they were, you know, just as good as Troy, as UTSA, as those teams that were in the discussion, the Tulane, um, they should have been discussed with that group of teams when the only thing separating them was that 10 to six game against Troy, in my opinion. And I think they'll get them head to head this year. Honestly, I actually think my, here's my kind of hot take. I think Troy's going to beat James Madison. And I think South Alabama is going to lose in Harrisonburg to give them the same conference record. But I think South Alabama is going to get the head-to-head matchup. I didn't even realize that JMU gets both those guys. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's rough for yeah. JMU. All right. Do we, do we learn anything, though, from the, the, the whacking that Western Kentucky gave uh, South Alabama? Is it just the curse of Western Kentucky? destroying another Sunbelt team in a bowl game or was it exposed something in that defense? I don't, I I don't think it would. I don't, I don't think you can take anything from that. And and, and I think that there was South Alabama didn't know how to act being in the postseason. (laughs) And so that was their growing experience in the postseason. Now that they've been there, they've done it. They know what they're supposed to do. It's not going to happen again. And I think, too, it's, you know, bull games can be weird. I mean, I've, I've joked about, like, it doesn't count if your team doesn't win, like, because it, it was just an exhibition. But, like, it is weird, especially if you start falling behind in a bull game and you're not really playing for anything. They already played for their conference championship when they played Troy, and they didn't quite get it. And maybe it's hard to kind of get up to rally against a team. You don't know, you don't care that much about you're kind of on vacation to a certain degree. Uh, I, I don't personally just read too much into bowl results. Not that they don't count, you know, when we're talking about how to compare these teams and the conferences and stuff, but I don't think it necessarily is an indicator of what they're going to do this year. You know how I know that the Sun Belt has grown Thibodeau? Because a guy like Shane has come out and pull the total SEC as like, <laughs> well, you know, it's just an exhibition game. It doesn't really matter. The players are on vacation. And you're right. <laughs> it's absolutely true. We don't have to win those, those bowl games anymore. It's disappointing when we don't win the conference championship or we're not playing for some New Year's Eve bowl game like we should have been mentioned for last season. But I'll leave that alone. I'm still bitter about that. So but there I will is. say this. I will say this, though. I think out of all the teams, when we had Tom Burnett on and he talked about right waters, the one thing he wanted was you don't lose to FCS teams. You don't do it. You don't do it. You don't do it. Week two for South Alabama, they play a really good Southeast Louisiana team. I, I, I'm not saying they're going to lose it, but it uh-huh. wouldn't surprise me because they have Tulane to kick off the season and how healthy and, and mentally stable are they going to be going into that FCS game? Wow. You know what? That that's, that's first of all, nobody understands the FCS track game more than Dusty Thibodeau. So you just bringing that up makes me a whole hell of a lot more nervous about South Alabama in week two that I could have possibly thought I would be. So, wow. All right. We'll take a look at that and make sure that, that the, you're right. The, the Jags get too lame to start the season. Open up in the big easy. And who else gets too lame this year? Southern Miss. Southern Miss. Southern Miss and wow. South Alabama. Yes. Wow. Just like last year. Yeah. Okay. Too lame. They might as well join the Sun Belt. Should we extend the invitation, Tibbs? I mean, they're former SEC, so why not uh, get a little bit lower lettering there and get the SBC on their resume? Yeah. Hey, why don't you put together the paperwork, Shane, 
and we'll send a formal invitation to Tulane. <clears throat> I don't know. Are we going to get into a? Uh, are we going to get to a uh, realignment discussion in this episode, or are we going to wait and see what Keith Gill yeah. has to say next week at the uh, press conference? Well, yeah, I don't want to go too deep into to the realignment, but it does seem like San Diego State kind of put the kibosh on those dominoes, right? They kind of, yeah, you know, for now. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I keep hearing like uh, the Pac-12 saying, "Well, we're going to add some guys," and the Big Twelve keeps kind of saying, "Yeah, we're going to add some guys." I, I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see. I know Memphis. There is not. There is a, not a team, a program more actively. Thing I want out of the AAC and into the Big 12 more than, than Memphis. I'd never seen a team so publicly trying to get out of their conference than I have seen Memphis. I, I've been making terrific fun of them, but wow. I don't know if they're going to. I just hope that we America. remember our roots. Yeah. And don't vandalize our past. Ooh, wow. Do you have a, like a coffee mug that says that? Or. It's 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 very kibby to uh, keep them around. I'm I'm, I'm uh, just I'm I'm just thinking out loud. Okay, okay. Well, speaking of thinking out loud, Tibbs, would you you know what? First of all, this segment really needs like some sort of produced musical score, like some sort of sound effect, but. What was it? Plugs, promos, and parting shots. We need something, Tips. This has got to happen if we're going to make the next leap into uh, podcasting superstardom. We've got a creative guy. You're the sound guy. You're the one that does all the good stuff. I was just the visionary, and and I I cut a bunch of of sound clips. And they're great. All right, but we need something, right? We do. We do need a good intro. We do need an intro into to plugs, promos, and parting shots. Like even if it was like I just saw a kerpow afterwards, something. Maybe you know what? When I do the edit, guys, I'll work up something. How's about that? It'll be a surprise. Shane, please save us. Uh, How can I pull this out of this? I don't know. With a plug, with a promo, a, plug, a promo. A you shot. didn't even, you didn't even call it. You just kind of hinted at what uh, was to come. <laughs> you always, you always introduce <laughs> the plugs, promos, and party shots. I'm not even sure which category this falls into. I guess a okay. plug, though not for, not for me. Parting shot, perhaps. But do you guys? Are you guys Western guys? Like um like uh yeehaw. like Western movies TV no um you know I used to like cowboy movies I, I maybe not as much as I did but yeah yeah sure do you like like the old like Clint Eastwood type yeah. westerns yeah for a few dollars more good yeah. bad and the ugly so Joe were Kim. you were you a Justified fan when that show was on the air ten years ago because it's back this week and I'm pretty I excited. I need more Raylan Givens in my life, and I'm uh, looking forward to that. I was not, but I saw that promo, and I immediately knew what it was and thought, yes, it looks like he's going into the city, right, and going to clean up. Kind of like that old Clint Eastwood movie. um, Oh, God, I forget when he goes to New York City and kicks everybody's ass. forget the name of the movie. But, But that's it, right? He's going to the city, right? Yeah, he's going to Detroit in this one. Detroit? Yeah. After the whole series, the previous series was in Kentucky, uh, yeah, in yeah. coal mining country. Yeah. But it's uh, it's based on Elmore Leonard books. I don't know if you've read much of him. His stuff was always kind of set either, <clears throat> either, you know, Florida or coal mining country or Oklahoma or Detroit, which is where he's from. Like he grew up in Detroit. So those are like the places he sets his books. Putting that character in Detroit. Yeah. It's gonna be awesome. But here's gonna be a little bit like Dirty Harry, maybe, but he wears the cowboy hat. But yeah. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. A fish out of water that can handle himself. Yeah. But you know what? I always thought that 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 series needed 
and I didn't watch either one of these shows, but I thought it would be so cool. A justified and uh, oh god, uh, ah, oh god, what's the oh Sons of Anarchy crossover? Great show. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't that have been though a great crossover where where it's 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 the it's, it's same kind of grittiness and hardcoreness and stuff and 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 coolness? Don't you think, Shane? I could see that. <laughs> well, I'll write a letter to FX. Yes. Speaking of letters, here's my other. Have you gotten anything from uh, our friends at Activision since we last talked about your video game uh, experience? Have you heard from them? Absolutely not. And it's pissing me off. What they're doing is ghosting me. Yes. This is is not fair. You've got to answer those random numbers that call you. (laughs) (laughs) It could be that they've been trying to get a hold of me. I don't know. But yeah, as you as you may recall, I defeated River Raid back in like 84, 85. And I was supposed to receive a t-shirt from Activision and River Raid. I didn't get it. I sent the photograph, I sent the Polaroid to them. They never came back to me. Activision, you still owe me a t-shirt. So we're all waiting. We're gonna hold you to task. You know, it's not like we're gonna let this go, Activision. You know, I've been waiting for this for 30 goddamn years. I want my shirt. And I will tear you guys down with my with help from Tibbs, with help from Shane Metlin. They're my boys. They're my henchmen. We're going to take you down. We're not going to let you forget. You owe me. You know, here's the thing. You could have gotten away with a small T-shirt back in 1985. I am now an extra large. That's the price. That's the inflation you got to pay. You got to pay an extra cotton, buddy. I want that shirt, and I want it by next week. Is that a plug, promo, or parting shot there, Jeremy? Yeah. That no. sounds like a parting shot. No. Well, maybe. It's all right. So it's fine. Yeah, that's a parting shot. But I also have a plug. You guys need to read Hellraiser. I've done the five best payback games of the West and the five best revenge games of the East. Hey, let me tell you, Shane, everybody wants revenge on JMU. I know that. They all want that revenge. They all want that sweet revenge. And you know what, Dusty? ULM makes up two of the five revenge games. Texas State and Louisiana. They both want revenge on you. That is crazy to me that ULM is creating so much hatred in the West. So look forward to those games. There's going to be some great revenge games in the Sun Belt. So check that out on Hellraiser. And then my uh, promo parting... Pro, was it promo? Oh, my plug? Uh, you know, go see the new um, uh, Mission Impossible movie. It's uh, it's kind of hokey. It's kind of uh, dramatic. But it's got some great moments in it. I mean, long sustained moments that are really good. And if you liked all the Mission Impossibles that came before it, you're going to like this Mission Impossible. It's, 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 it's sort of plays by those numbers. You're not going to be disappointed that you spent more than two and a half hours watching them. My parting shot, go figure that there is a new report out complaining about NIL deals where agents are getting involved, taking upwards of 40% of revenue of NIL deals. In addition... The good old classic, you got to spend money to make money, right? Uh Savannah Schroer, fresh off her second place finish at the NCAA Gymnastic Championship last year, got in her inbox from a New York clothing brand an offer of $1,500 to model their apparel. A a dream come true for her, right? They exchange emails. They set up a photo shoot at an abandoned train station. She just has to write the check for fifteen hundred bucks, and they're going to send her three thousand dollars. What? You remember back in college when we bounce a check for twenty five cents? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that happened. Oh, and man. now it brings in a whole new set of rules, regulations. Who's doing the due diligence on these contracts for our poor little student athletes? 
there's a, there, there's, there's a lot still going on on the back end of this that somebody needs to step up, protect the student athlete, protect even the vendors. There was another instance where somebody gave away their name, image, and likeness forever. So when they go prof- professional and they're worth millions of dollars, they're still only going to collect 50 bucks a month for their name, image, and likeness. How did this happen? RTFM, read the damn contract. Yeah, you know, it would be so easy for a slick agent or lawyer to bilk these kids out of thousands, possibly even millions of dollars. It reminds me, you know, I watched the Wham! uh, documentary over the weekend. You guys like the Wham? You liked Wham, Dusty, right? No, but I did watch the American Gladiator series. Shane, you liked Wham, right? Eh, I, I don't know. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, I didn't like Wham that much. I like the story. But early in their career, they got hoodwinked. You know, they were doing all these concerts and selling all these albums, making pennies, pennies on the dollar because the record deal. Record, they signed, They just said, here, sign this contract. I said, great. We're stars now. We're still living with our parents. And this is happening again. It's going to happen with these kids. So what can we do? What can we do, Dusty Thibodeau? What, what, as 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 protectors of the innocent, can you and I do anything? Teach kids how to read, and I guess that's why you always say, "Read HowRazor.com." HowRazor is <laughs> not going to help you. I might get a lawyer. <laughs> No, that costs money. 